I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Kathy Hughes, Chief Information Security Officer at Northwell Health, the largest health system in New York, a network of collaborators, research pioneers, entrepreneurs, and educators that is 81,000 strong. To learn more about Northwell Health, visit northwell.edu. This interview is sponsored by Nobefore, the world's largest security awareness training and simulated phishing platform that helps you manage the ongoing problem of social engineering. To learn more about our sponsor, Nobefore, visit nobefore.com. Kathy, welcome. Great to have you back on with us. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. Nobody could answer this better than you can, Kathy. One wrong click, and I'll let you fill in the blank. I think that's the best way to start our discussion on security awareness training. So, you know, tell us what can happen, any organization, anywhere. So one wrong click, and that's either clicking on an embedded uh, malicious link that's in an email or malicious file, or by even clicking on a pop-up that's displayed when browsing the internet, could launch ransomware or some other type of malware that could cripple an organization by making both the systems and the data unavailable. And that could be for not only hours or days, but even for weeks or months. So of all the people I've talked to, Kathy, one of the best in so far as security awareness training, the number of people you've been responsible for, the programs that you've run, and it just amazes me uh, after all of these years. I think I first talked to you maybe four years ago, and we've talked to so many other CISOs. Here we are, 2022, going into a new year. And we're still talking about the same old thing. You know, it's still happening. Unfortunately, the number of phishing scams is on the rise. The number of people who are clicking, not in your organization necessarily, but globally, uh, is on the rise. Something that we have to combat. Before we jump in and talk about all of that, if I remember correctly, the first time I ever spoke to you, you were responsible for an enterprise of maybe 60 some odd thousand people. And then you came on another time with us. I think it was 70 some odd thousand people. If I'm not mistaken, it might be over 80,000 people at this point. So maybe just give us a, you know, a sense of the size of Northwell and what you're responsible for there. Sure. So now we're at about 83,000 employees and we consist of about 23 hospitals, 850 uh, practices. We have uh, 12,000 physicians, you know, 5,000 employed doctors, and we service approximately 11 million patients, and we're a $15 billion organization. So we continue to grow. Um, we primarily are located in the uh, New York metro area, uh, spanning Long Island, as well as uh, into various parts of New York State. And I, as you said, Steve, I've been the chief information security officer here for, it's been seven years already, hard to believe. And I had started my career uh, primarily in the information technology services area where I oversaw, uh, you know, network departments, uh, desktop service storage, data center help desk teams. And as the CISO now, I'm responsible for all the security tools and technologies, our threat management program, vulnerability management, identity and access management, risk management, uh, security governance, which does include security awareness and training and, and maintaining all of our policies and, and procedures. Now, with everything you have on your desk, Kathy, I mean, and that's a lot, that's a mouthful, but, uh, you know, same would be true for a lot of other CISOs. It, it's an incredibly important job and, and carries so much responsibility. 
Where does security awareness training rank? Is it one of the most important things? Is it up there with uh, tools and technologies? Security awareness and training is probably the most important uh, thing that a CISO can do and, and is responsible for. Security tools and technologies absolutely are required, but security awareness and training is probably, it's right up there. It, it's, I would say it's very equivalent. And that's because there's really only two types of attacks. There's either a cyber attack, which can exploit a technical vulnerability in an operating system, software, or some type of hardware, or there's a social engineering attack, which exploits the human vulnerability or the person. When it comes to uh, combating cyber attacks, of course you need tools and technologies, just the, the sheer volume of uh, events that take place within an organization and network and, and trying to differentiate between what's just a regular event or normal network type activity versus what might be a security incident. You really do, do need your tools and technologies to help determine that and to also help protect and detect and respond uh, when there are incidents that occur. But the last line of defense, even in a cyber attack, is the person behind the keyboard because it just, as we talked about initially, it just takes one person clicking on one link that bypasses all those technologies in order for uh, an organization to really become crippled and, and you know, it could potentially have a severe impact on operations. The other type of attack is a social engineering attack where the threat actors are really trying to exploit a vulnerability in a person. They're trying to elicit some type of emotion. They're trying to instill fear or a sense of urgency. And they do that by either sending a phishing email where they're asking someone to respond or provide some information through email. So they're not exploiting a technical vulnerability. They're trying to get somebody to do something. But what we're seeing uh, more commonly now is that many threat actors are using what we call smishing techniques where they're sending text messages, which is another form of social engineering, trying to get the recipient to interact with them and provide information or click on a link through a text. And the other method is vishing, which is voice phishing, where a threat actor calls somebody and again, tries to create that sense of urgency or fear or some, it tries to evoke some type of emotion to get the, the recipient to take an action where they would uh, provide some sensitive information or provide credentials that would enable the threat actor to gain access to the system. So because the person is the last line of defense, even in a, a cyber attack, um, and because really the only way to effectively combat a social engineering attack is through security awareness and training, it really is just as critical as the security tools and technologies that are in place to thwart an attack and to respond to an attack. So, Kathy, I want to go back in time. I don't know how far back you'd, you'd like to go. You've been a CISO for seven years. You have an impressive background. You've been in the field uh, you know, for years before that. We had somebody on the podcast the other day. We were reminiscing. We worked together back in the 80s, not to date myself, but you know, you're talking about a time when it was pre-internet, no such thing as a browser. People didn't bring phones to work. You know, It was a completely different time. But maybe if we went back, say, even a decade ago or five years ago, 
if things getting more difficult, um, you know, we have security awareness training programs and hopefully we have best practices in a lot of companies, but the cyber threat is also growing. You talk about smishing and, you know, other threats that, you know, maybe we didn't see. Uh, is it getting more difficult to cover all of these threats for a CISO and their teams? Yes, it is getting, it's getting more challenging. What, what has been very, uh, uh, productive, I guess, or valuable is that it's not as far in a concept anymore to people as it was a decade ago. Back in the day, no one heard of cyber attacks or security and positions like mine didn't even exist. So it is relatively new and it did take a lot of time and effort to really create that initial awareness. But, you know, fortunately we have a CEO who really, and a board who truly understand the risk that the cyber threats now um, uh, pose to organizations like Northwell and have been extremely, they've been extremely supportive um, of the different initiatives and things that we've, we've done over the past seven years to really uh, secure the environment um, and to educate our employees. We have used, uh, you know, different methods of awareness and training that have targeted different audiences and we also use different messages because not one size one size does not fit all. So we've had to really kind of modify and adjust. It's a continuous process. It's not a one-time set it and done it kind of a thing and move on. It's continuous. It requires creativity to make sure that you're hitting upon the key points in a way that people uh, find relevant to not only their professional life, but their personal life and to also make it real and to provide real life examples and to make them feel part of it because you know it's just not my team that's responsible for security at Northwell it's everybody's responsibility and we try to instill that that value that core value in our workforce so what about new employees these days uh, you know your typical new hire coming into an organization doing anything anything from a doctor to you know a nurse to uh, an administrator do people have uh, a little more awareness when they first join a company not necessarily yours uh, but just any company are they going in maybe with a little bit of knowledge around the cyber threat today that's a really interesting question. And we have actually found that our new hires probably pose the highest risk. And so we spend a lot of time and effort upon the initial uh, new employee orientation to educate them about security awareness and training. And we, we, we tell them right at the beginning that we will be conducting a targeted phishing exercise to test their knowledge of what we explained to them during the training. And I think that this, uh, is more so because these are new employees and they're they're you know they're learning they don't know what emails are real and what aren't real uh they're trying to make an impression they're trying to you know put their best foot forward so i think part of that has to do with the fact that they're not sure um, on what say a typical branded northwell message would look like so they're more inclined to open up emails and perhaps click on things. You know, I'll give you an, uh, just an example, theoretical example. You know, there might be somebody who is processing, whose job it is to process invoices for Northwell. So if they receive an email that says, oh, click on this link to process an invoice, they might not be fully aware 
of what the proper procedure is at that point. So they might be more inclined to do that. So we do spend a lot of time and, and effort, as I mentioned, during the new employee training, educating them, showing them what a uh, properly branded email uh, looks like. As an example, uh, you know, we make sure that they, they truly, if they have any questions, that they know they should ask their supervisor for guidance. Um, and then we tell them that we conduct these regular exercises and we, you know, we actually follow up, you know, within a few weeks of when they first start. And then we do it again, like another month later to make sure that we've really focused on making sure that they have the appropriate uh, training and tools to, to make sure that they don't become uh, victims and fall, uh, you know, are, so that they're not susceptible to becoming a victim for a phishing attack. We had somebody on the podcast earlier this week talking about security culture. They authored a report. It was a very interesting discussion. And just listening to you, you know, you made a reference to your CEO, which you have in the past, and your CIO. Northwell, in, in my opinion, from what I hear, absolutely has uh, what I'd call a security culture, which is a very good thing, but not uh, so many companies do. Do you consider yourself to have a security culture there? And how important do you think that is for other companies? It's critical um, because, you know, what culture, at first it's like people ask, you know, what is security culture? And, and really it's about, you know, the values and attitudes and, and that are just inherent to the way you work. And that's reflected by the way you act. And so we try to build security awareness and trading into, into everybody's DNA or into their culture so that it just becomes second nature to them. It's something that they don't have to really think about. It's just something that they do and that there's always in the back of their head whenever they're doing anything on, online. And so it's, it is really important that uh, people understand that. And, and really, we tell them right at the bat, that's why we, we do participate in the new hire training. And we provide materials. We provide uh, feedback to leaders on how their staff does in fishing exercises, as an example. Uh, through leadership uh, dashboards and, and grading that we do and to show how many people interacted and didn't with particular uh, campaigns that we run. And we really try to reinforce that it's everyone's responsibility from the ground up and from the top down. And it's all about, you know, being, you know, an effective security culture is one where where everybody recognizes that having that security mindset is critical to the organization being successful. We have a tagline where we bake security in to everything that we do. So we're always aligning what we do with our core objectives. And we also uh, reiterate that really security is, is a core value. It's not an obligation or an expense. We've been very successful in trying to ingrain that upon not only the entire workforce on an ongoing basis, but also to new hires when they first join the organization. So, Kathy, it's the end of the year. It's a time of year where a lot of people are looking back, they're looking ahead, they're giving advice to other people. I want to ask you for some advice for organizations who aren't as fortunate as yours because they're smaller. Uh, there's a lot of small hospitals, small health systems out there across our country, and because of their size, they don't have a CISO. And in some cases, they have very small uh, IT staffs. What advice do you have to them insofar as paying attention to security, training their employees, making time for it, and any resources that are out there to help them? Yeah, so I think that is uh, really important. It has to be, be a priority because it is just that critical to uh, an organization's success at, 
at trying to thwart an attack. And I think it's it's important. I think a very um, practical some just some practical advice is that uh, should plan out a calendar and try to make sure you come up with a theme of the month, and then try to uh, use all different methods to try to reach the entire workforce because we have different ages of people and people come from different backgrounds and just respond uh, to different types of communication. Some people just live and breathe in their email box. Others are on social media. Others respond to posters that might be displayed in hallways. So it's really trying to leverage all different types of ways to get the message across and to make sure that you're keeping the type of training that you do, which can be formal training online. Um, it can be classroom type training. Um, it can be just a, a, a newsletter posting, it could be a contest that you run. There's so many different methods that can be used that just isn't the standard or traditional type of classroom training that I think a lot of people tend to think that's what it is. It's all of the above. It's infographics, videos. Uh, we, we create a lot of short videos. It's just using all different methods uh, to try to get the message across and to use topics that are relevant. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world today. Uh, threat actors get are more and more savvy every day. They're using more and more sophisticated techniques. So it's really important to know what's going on in the world and to make sure that your staff knows, what's, that your, your, your team knows what's going on in the world so that you can provide practical advice on how to recognize and report and respond to any type of incident that might occur. So, you know, using different methods, as I mentioned, all the different newsletters and emails and social media postings, phishing exercises, of course, are, are invaluable. Um, and then just making sure that you target different audiences. Uh, you mentioned new hires. That's one, one type of uh, team member that is extremely susceptible to falling victim to phishing exercises, but you also have other targeted areas such as people in the financial uh, department that might be responsible for, say, uh, doing wire transfers or paying invoices. Leaders also, executives are very targeted because people try to impersonate them to try to get folks, other folks to do things that they wouldn't normally do, like providing sensitive information. So it's really just laying out a plan. You know, there's a lot of planning that has has to go into it. There's an awareness uh, that has to be a pulse that you have to keep on what's going on in the world, and just using that and the different methods to target these different audiences to make sure that you're uh, uh, communicating out what people should be aware of, not only in, in their professional life but in their personal life, and if you can relate it to something in their personal life too. There tends to be a, a, a greater adoption because they can relate more to it. And just making sure that everybody understands that they are responsible for security. It is an, an enterprise or organization-wide responsibility. Well, having you back on, Kathy, now I know why uh, I was recently asked, when's ha Kathy Hughes coming back on? So you are uh, you know, just a wealth of information, great advice. And I don't know if you realize how much you really do help uh, a lot of smaller organizations because... Uh, they're out there, they're looking for resources, they're looking for advice, they're looking for people who are doing what you're doing because they don't have their own CISO. So uh, thank you for sharing that, and I hope you'll come back on with us again in 2023. 
Sure, anytime. Thank you, Steve. I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. This interview is sponsored by Nobefore, the world's largest security awareness training and simulated phishing platform that helps you manage the ongoing problem of social engineering. To learn more about our sponsor, Nobefore, visit nobefore.com. You can keep up with all of our media at cybercrimemagazine.com.